Hey everyone, it's Sam. Welcome to the 2448. I am here with Steve and Matt from Primary Complete Podcast, and we're so excited to dive into their story today. Welcome to the show, guys. What's up? Yeah. How's it going? How do you feel about that? Oh, that was real. Okay. <laughs> <Fuck> yeah, <laughs> that was real. <laughs> How did y'all learn how to be storytellers? I feel like that's probably the hardest thing of like telling, like getting the right story. Yeah, I, that's a good question. I don't, I, I don't accept any credit for that. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, uh, I think the hope was that the guest, we're, we're <laughs> offering the platform and we're having them in there for a reason. Like we want to hear what they have to say. And we have done shows back and forth. But yeah, there's there's been no leaning on any sort of uh, storytelling skills <laughs> that's, that's really funny yeah yeah i think we're just two human beings who don't mind talking yeah you know, we just we can talk to about anybody and mm-hmm. you can always find something to relate with somebody with so you know a guest comes in whether it's talking about their personal life or their fire life or whatever you can always find you know parallels and way they can you the way they resonate with you and then you yeah. just kind of mm-hmm. go from there that's How'd y'all get into this whole thing? What what started y'all? You're a fireman. I guess you were the instructor at the fire. Up in here. Yeah. Um, the, Sorry for the sniffles. Uh, yeah. This mountain air is getting me. Yeah. 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 Mountain air. Control Alt Delete those out of there. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So <clears throat> there was a need like this this black hole that existed in the fire service. Like there was the suicide rate was going up. Mm. Mental health was not great especially in our area but i think everywhere you know just with the new world that we live in and we needed something Mm. so the idea was create this uh room that mimicked a kitchen table like we talked about uh, how valuable those if we could bring in outside humans and just say hey be invisible and sit at this kitchen table and listen there's so much good stuff that happens in a firehouse yeah. in the kitchen, and that, that was the idea. Like, let's let's bring that kitchen table in somewhere. How did y'all begin to, like, I mean, you're like, late, like our show listeners may or may not be firefighters. So like, they may not have any idea what it's like to be in the fire station. How did you realize, I guess you would have had to first become a firefighter and then recognize there's a problem and then get into starting the show. Yeah. Talk, walk me all the way back. Where, like, where did the even interest in the fire service begin? <laughs> Uh, for me, let's see, I started in a little town of Clinton, which is in Sampson County, so it's a little more, it's it's about an hour or so away from Wilmington. Mm. Uh, totally different county. Just out of when I graduated high school in 2004, worked for my brother-in-law. Uh, he owns a gas company, so I worked with him for about eight months. And I had several friends in my little clique that I hung out with in high school whose fathers and stuff were firemen, and then they were firemen too. Yeah. I was always guilty of hanging out with older crowd. I have three older sisters, so I was I always gravitated toward older, <laughs> you know, older older individuals. Uh, hence why I hang out with Steve. And um <laughs> <laughs> No, so uh, I left uh I left uh work one day and I called my buddy Josh and I was like, Hey man, um, what do you have to do to be a fireman? And he was like, you know, he walked me through little odds and ends stuff and he was like, Turns out we're having a process on Saturday. You should come do it. And this is like <laughs> Thursday, I was like Okay. So I went, and the first time I ever put my feet in turnout boots ever was to do an agility test for a department that I was no, trying to hire. Right. Yep. <laughs> so awesome. I ended up getting hired. Uh, with oh, them. you went right through and got on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty right. immediately. Zero. I had no, no, I was straight Joe Blow off the streets. I uh, didn't know anything about it. 
So I got hired by them. They paid, sent me through the Federal Technical Fire Academy. So I went to that for a little while. I would go to class all day, go back to Clinton and work at a firehouse all night. And so that was the probably first 14 months of my fire service career was That's academy awesome. and then work at night. And then I got done with all that. And at that time, they had two daytime shifts. So it was A, a and B shift, and they just worked daytime. So mm. it was 6A and 6P, and then part-time staff would come in in the evenings. So I worked both shifts. I worked every <laughs> single day, seven days a week from 6A to 6P. Just got Every single day, just about. No uh, way. Every single day. So I worked with both shifts. Got a lot of exposure, got a lot of fires, got a lot of, um, got a lot of time to see different personalities. It was yeah. a smaller department, but everybody ticks different. Yeah. I mean, I was hooked. I was hooked. Yeah. I, you know, I had my favorites and whatnot, but I mean, I was hooked. Was that and, kind of your first real job or had, was the other thing a proper, proper uh, it was, thing to you? no, I've, I mean, I live in the country, so I mean, I've, I've had full-time <laughs> job benefits since I was seven. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, uh, no, I mean, I grew, I grew up working obviously, but that was my first real job i guess you could say yeah um i worked part-time with my brother-in-law prior to that so yeah that was my first like actual job job that's cool so yeah i hung out there stayed there for a while and then probably one of the most influential characters in my entire life was like hey man you know clinton's a great place to be if you want a job but if you want a career you got to get out of here so really i did yeah so i applied for new hanover which is where i've been for the past going on 16 years oh wow so that's yep. cool. Yeah. Do you work there too? I guess I do. You guys yep. kind of met up through that New Hanover connection. Mm-hmm. How'd that come about? Yeah. My <laughs> my intro into the fire service was far less uh, like there was no real honor in it. The economy had dipped, <laughs> and I was like, I I did my own. I was my own boss, and I uh, did tree work. Oh, and nice. I, yeah, I love it. It's good work, but man, when that economy dropped, nobody needed their trees trimmed anymore. Oh, that's so I was like, funny. I gotta have a job. Like, I need. I need benefits and yeah, you know, like a paycheck that comes, you know, when it's supposed to. <laughs> so um, I called around Chief Flowers. I called him. I was like, "Is there room in the fire service for somebody like me?" And I was, feel like you know ladders, you know ropes, like you know <laughs> saws. Hello, it's yeah. really like he was like, "You'll be a good fit." <laughs> so, so it turns out we're hiring, and the same thing. Like I was off the street, no prior experience. Oh, interesting. And that, I think I'm right. That was the first time New Hanover County had offered. You just apply. We'll train you. Oh, really? Yeah. Have they got their own training academy and all that stuff? Uh, no, not so much. We did for <laughs> yeah. a while. We ran several classes, probably five or six. And mm-hmm. then I guess uh, they became too expensive or whatever the reasoning was. We quit doing it. So we yeah. don't do that route anymore. But yeah. um, and it's, it's been a real detriment to the quality of employee that we're able to get. That's but, nice. Yeah. yeah. What was it that like that kept you? Like once you got into it, did you know, man, this is definitely where I belong? In the academy, my academy was seven months, and I learned a lot. I was into getting the knowledge. The instructors were good. Um, we talked about that on the way up. But we, <laughs> the crew there, it was it was great. Yeah. But I still didn't know that I liked it. Oh, really? Yeah. In my head, I was here for the benefits. I was going <laughs> to, yeah, I was going to get through this You're economy. You're going to work for a couple years. And, and I'm out. Yeah. I, I had no intention of staying. Like all truth. That's funny. And then I worked one shift at Ogden. I remember Lieutenant Merrill was in the officer seat, Josh Tyson's driving, Nick Ski's in the back, and I'm the new kid. <laughs> and we get a car wreck. We go down Market Street, and Federal's pin lights are going. And I'm like, oh, no. I didn't get <laughs> yeah. by the yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then when we got fire, um, 
that was like, uh oh. What was your first fire like? Uh, the first fire that went normal. Like we showed that up. That went normal. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means. You know, I'm like, curious what the, yeah. the second fire was. But, you know, when you're new in the back and you show up like third or fourth due. You're yeah, your hand and pike pole is not doing anything. You didn't yeah. stretch the line. Like nothing went normal. My first one that went right, we were first due. You and Buckner were on the truck and hardwood. Mm-hmm. So we pull up, the truck's on our heels, which is pretty magical. You guys got there pretty <laughs> fast. Um, so I stretch to the front door. My officer's like, truck company's going to search in front of you. You just go with them. So I'm like, all right. So, man, the line stretched right and charged it. These guys go in the door, and I just follow them, and we search, like, kitchen area, and then go down the hallway, find fire in the bedroom. You re- might remember it was a uh, waterbed. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But We have a guy here that's got a waterbed. Loves this thing. Yeah. <laughs> when I looked in the room, the top of the waterbed had burned off, so it was a perfect reflection of the window. No way. Yeah, so I'm like, my brain's trying to figure out, we're on the first floor. Yeah, what the heck's going on? There's no window in a basement. But the reflection is telling me there is. That's so wild. Yeah. 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 But it was perfect. Like smoke's banked down. You can hear the crackle of the fire. I wasn't aware of any of this stuff. You yeah. Know, like, this is the first real one. All oh, of the wow. others were gas fires. And oh, yeah. They're all LP burns in your yeah. academies and yeah. stuff. So yeah. this one, like stuff's burning and it's not, it wasn't hot. Like I thought it was warm I'm at sure. the time, but yeah, first it wasn't time. hot. And yeah, that one, that was the one that like set the hook. And you were like, yeah, this is definitely what I want to yeah. do. Yeah. What was your first? Do you remember your first fire? Oh, man. Uh, I think I do. It was July 3rd, July 3rd, 2005. Remember exactly the date and time and place. Yeah. I think I remember. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nah, but let me July just tell you, and this was the address, <laughs> and this was the color of the house. Mm-hmm. I remember it was July 3rd because July 4th we went to Royal Lane Park, and myself and another guy got to help the firework crew crawl along the line and light the fireworks, which uh, was ridiculously cool. amazing. <laughs> that's so cool. that's why I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. But it was um, – it was an apartment fire. It was on Division Two, so the apartments where they were, it just walked in and went upstairs. Yeah. Uh, you know, the common area was downstairs, living room, kitchen, little half bath. You walk upstairs, that's where your bedrooms and the other bath are. Yeah. So it was in one of the bedrooms upstairs, and I was on a nozzle getting shoved upstairs by the, <laughs> the guy backing me up. The yeah. one I was talking with was one of my most influential characters in my life. Pushing me up, yelling at me, just getting it, you know, laughing, having a ball. Yeah. So I get up there, fought a little fire going up the steps, and then put fire out, and that was about it. And it was just cool. amazing. And then everybody comes back down, gets cleaned up, and it's it's all smiles all the way back to the firehouse, talking shit, and just, yeah. you know, <laughs> the way it is, it was, um, yeah, hooked. That's that so was, cool. But that was early. I don't even, I'm not even sure that I was supposed to be in a fire. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, in the middle of the, I started in, in this little town at Lewington, North Carolina. I was at Summerville Fire Department. And it was like, sometimes you show up and it's like, there's two guys. Yeah. And it's like, well, there's a house on fire and I got two guys. Well, I'm not going to not put the fire out. All right, load up. I'm hooking you to my belt. Let's go. And then someone that knows what they're doing grabs the less experienced guy and goes for gold. And it's like, you know, like if you go to the textbook, what's the textbook say about that? I don't know. But I know the woman inside the house is burning her hair, her hair off. Is probably very thankful that <laughs> yeah. someone's coming, regardless yeah. of what the story is. You know, yeah. and, there's a time for rules. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's a time. You know, I think there's a time place for, for everything, sure. right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes there is like go for gold. Yeah. yeah, that's so yeah. funny. Yeah. I can seems, picture a million seems, calls where it's like seems to be going away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My first call. I went to a uh, went to a Conex box, but shot. And it was like fireworks inside of it. And so they started blowing off fireworks nice. inside this conics box. And it was like, you know, we're not going to, in the field, we're not going to put it out. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And this, the fire chief was, was like, 
I'm hooking you to my belt. You are not supposed to be here. You are not supposed to go off this truck. Do not leave my sight. Yes, sir. So we go, and he's like, run around the side of the truck, hop in the front seat. So I run around. Once we get on scene, and I hop in the front seat, and as I climbed in, I stood on the cue siren. It's like, what the hell is going on? He's like, get off the damn pedal, man. And I was like, holy shit. And as I was running around the back of the truck, I clocked my helmet on the skull saver on the back of the ladder, yeah. laid myself out flat. It's a it's a turtle shell helmet because I'm like a junior at the time. I'm rolling around like a turtle on my back. I felt like such a clown. And then I get in and set the horn off and I was like, oh my God. But I learned a little bit. So I'm awful at this. <laughs> yeah. I was exactly, I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But. I definitely made a few... Um, pedal pushes on accident early on oh yeah, yeah. no one tell like i feel like during the academy that would be something useful to tell new recruits like hey by the way there's this pedal here and it's gonna make you look like an absolute buffoon if you don't mm. you know, don't know when yeah. to step on it when not to that used to be a good prank back before uh you know the master switches and whatnot were turned <laughs> on you know they required power and they were digital and all that yeah. kind of stuff back when they were just hard throw switches <laughs> Uh, you know, you could get out for lunch or something like that and run over to the company beside you and turn the master <laughs> on and then take the captain's boots and set them on the Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. As soon the as they cut the battery switch. So as soon as they cut the battery switch, it's, starts winding up. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So what was it like as you guys started the business? I mean, like this business of the podcast, it's funny. We're, we're interviewing folks primarily that are like in – like in business, but I feel like a podcast is a business. It's a, it's a extracurricular activity that relates to the fire service. You bring people in. And as you started that endeavor, what was it that kind of solidified your fire service experience to say, man, I know I need to do something to support the people that I click with. I would say probably, well, I, I, I believe both of us are probably the two worst business people when it comes to actual trying to see the podcast as a business. Uh, it was never started with the intent of making money and it still has no intent to make money oh, whatsoever. Really? Uh, uh, we yeah. talked, we talked early on and we still talk to this day, you know, if something magical happens and you know, we, you end up, we all strive to be like Joe Rogan as a podcast, right? Mm -hmm, but our yeah. reason is far different. It's not because of the monetary compensation for our time speaking in a microphones. Yeah. But the, uh, you know, if we ever start to get to the point where the podcast becomes self-sustainable, mm. where it's not me and him pouring our own bank accounts into it, <laughs> which is the way it's been for two years. Yeah. Uh, and then if we ever start making money, we're going to set it aside. And then once a year, we'll take whatever we've made and we're going to donate it to a charity That's or cool. something like that. We just don't have any desire to yeah. make money doing it. The message that we that and the reasoning behind the podcast being made was when you start mixing money and sponsors and all that kind of stuff, it can, it can have a tendency to cloud, mm. you know, cloud the message and cloud the authenticity <clears throat> a little bit because it's like, well, they're only doing it because of this. You, yeah. know, you get a first time listener and they're like, well, they're only doing it because they're getting you know, paid whatever. Yeah. Right. Firetech's paying them to do it and yeah. this and that or, you know, whatever. Why do you uh, do what you do? Oh, you want to go? <laughs> I was getting ready to say, this might explain that one. Uh, my biggest fear in the beginning was somebody's, they got off shift and they're not feeling great or they've got some struggles at home, whatever, but they've tuned into what we've delivered mm. and they're riding down the road, listening to it. And then the conversation that we're having is helping them. And then it cuts to commercial. And mm. then this person's like, like getting help or getting something that's putting some things in line. And then we're going to shift over to commercial. So we talked about early, like let's once, once it starts, like, just all the just way through yeah. and that way that fear of somebody that's that's listening on purpose mm. there's entertainment like 
now that we've got some shows in, some of them are just fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. And then some are serious. I was so scared that a serious conversation would get interrupted by a commercial or by some other need. And then the perception, like if you're trying to help people and you have something to offer, mm. we know it's honorable, but the person that needs the help, they, they're already clouded. Yeah, so, that's a good point. Yeah, so if they're seeking help, you know, looking around, trying to find something that makes sense, mm. and then they discount you because they automatically assume like, oh, they're, they're in it for this other reason. Yeah. So then that thing we're trying to help gets discounted or muddied up, like you said. So How did you find the, like, you have to experience enough shit to know that others are experiencing shit. Like oh, sure. you gotta, you gotta figure out, like you have to formulate that opinion that, Oh, I can help people. And I recognize what they need help with. Mm-hmm. Was there anything in y'all's fire service career that was like oh. pivotal where you're like, man, I, I saw someone really have a hard time or I rec- And I think oh, yeah. I could, by telling stories, help alleviate that pain. Or like, how did you come up with this idea that a podcast was something that was needed for firefighters to help support mental health? In our in our profession, it's all a bunch of supposedly alpha individuals who have, you know, for years the fire suppression industry has, has taken you and attempted to mold you into this human being that is doesn't compassion doesn't exist. You take everything that you learn, you put it in a little Tupperware container, and you leave that shit in your car when you get to the firehouse because it yeah. don't come in here. So yeah. yeah, that's right. You don't express emotion. You don't have emotion. You just when you're here, you're here to do a job, and you leave your emotions at the door. Yeah. We want your ego, but we don't want your emotions. <laughs> yeah. That's so, actually said quite often. Check yeah, your ego at the yeah. door. Check your emotions at the door. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, but that's unrealistic. We're all human beings. Yeah. And as the, you know, as the mental health road was kind of being paved, it was becoming a problem mm. where, you know, these 15, 16, 20, 30-year firemen were retiring and then, you have the suicide problem and all that kind of stuff. So it's like yeah. you have that old school generation and that old school way of thinking moving out. And we know it can be better. So let's start having discussions about where it, it could be. Yeah. And then just the relatable stories where, I mean, it doesn't have to be call specific. It can be an argument between me and my wife. <laughs> and we could be talking about that. And somebody be like, damn, I argue with my wife every night. This is at the firehouse. Yeah. You guys hear this yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. All yeah. the time. You know, yeah. all the time sitting at the kitchen table. You hear, God, you hear... <laughs> You hear personal stories that you probably shouldn't talk about. And then you hear, I mean, you just, you hear about everybody's struggles. And that's, that's part of what makes the camaraderie and the brotherhood within a firehouse. What it is, is because you can, everybody can relate. Yeah. But a firehouse in New York or a fireman, when they leave the firehouse, it's like they leave that peace and they leave that uh, relatability. And it's like Mm. back into this world. In the early shows, we talked about uh, a lot about the, Fire service and the time we spend in the fire service in our careers is such a small percentage of the time that we're alive on this planet. Yeah. And if we're not taking care of the majority of the time, then how can we ever expect to be great at the part that's, I say the 99% and the 1%. The 1% is the firehouse work. The 99% is everything else in life that you're going to do. Yeah. So if you don't take care of the 99%, if your home life is shit and, you know, you're you're not being great to your kids or something like that, then you know, it's going to show up in the firehouse and that's not where you want it to show up. Yeah. Through these stories and through conversation, other people hear that and they're like, well, you know, there's other people that feel the same way I do. So it's just relatable. And you never know what you might say, just a a funny quote or just (laughs) something that will really resonate with somebody and kind of change their mindset. Go ahead. Are y'all kind of building that kitchen table on a broader scale for folks that may not have the kitchen table at their firehouse or what's the, 
What's the way you would lay it out? I think that's the goal. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty simply put. Thanks for that. We're going to copyright that. <laughs> you can. Feel free to run with it. Yeah. I feel like you know there are so many small-town fire stations where like, we'd get back from a call, and if it was only two of us and we had to go do the job, we'd get back. It's like, all right, well, I'll catch you later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like you just – the job is a little bit isolated when it's so small. And like I'm always – I love working on the ambulance because the ambulance – isn't a volunteer gig. You have to be credentialed. You have to be boarded. Mm-hmm. You have to actually work for a county agency. And when you show up, you do the job, and then you decompress the job back at the station or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But I always like that because you do almost have that guaranteed camaraderie or guaranteed sure. partner or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in the fire service, especially volunteer fire service, like everyone talks about the kitchen table, but the kitchen table exists in the career agencies for sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. And in the volunteer agencies, it sometimes does. Sometimes it's the back bumper at the bays, but right. sometimes you're just – it's like – one guy or yeah. one girl, and they got to run that call, and they got to come back, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, and the majority of the firemen and the majority majority of the fire service industry here in North Carolina is still heavy relies on volunteers. We're the career staff is is a small percentage. I think mm-hmm. it's like seventy eight percent of the uh, firefighters in our state are all are volunteers. I mean that's yeah. huge, right? Yeah. And you know you get a junior fireman who goes to a car wreck and sees the whole family mutilated, and then he leaves the scene. He doesn't know how to deal with that. He doesn't yeah. Know what? But, I mean, he can listen to Primary Complete and maybe catch something that normalizes yeah, that. Processing his, that out that's or, right. Kind of yeah. makes it, I'm not going to say makes it okay, but, you know. Something Helps to know he's not the only person that's, that's right. ever had that's a bad right. call, that's you right. know. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's the, um, what was the process like? Because, like, I picture this kitchen table. And if I show up to a kitchen table, and I've shown up at kitchen tables all over the, over the fire industry, mm-hmm. I don't get accepted day one, you know. Like, you have to earn your stripes in order to be brought into that table. So like at y'all's firehouse, what was it like to earn your stripes to where you got to hear that conversation and they got to talk with you more honestly? I was, <laughs> I was told early, keep your mouth shut. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Like nobody wants to, if you don't have time in, this is how I was explained it. Your story doesn't matter. <laughs> Just be quiet and listen to the guys that have been around. And I, I share that now, but a little nicer than I was thought. <laughs> Uh, but it's true. Like if you if you want to be accepted at the table, come in and listen and learn some things, and you'll end up learning that. Uh, how would you describe that? Like the give and take of the conversation and the the respect, the reverence. Sometimes, like mm. sometimes heavy something hits the table, or sometimes it's a story that's so funny. I'm thinking of Ben Bob. That, oh that yeah, just, yeah. It's it's like. If anybody interrupts this, I'll murder you because this story is <laughs> yeah. You got to kind of know the rules, the unspoken yeah, rules of the yeah. conversation. So if That's you just right. come in quiet and then just observe, you'll learn the rules of the conversation. And then then you can accurately add to the conversation or appropriately add. Yeah, yeah there's you, definitely a firehouse etiquette. And it's not written. It's not yeah. spoke about. It's just, uh, <laughs> I guess, kind of passed on. Through action, but it's I mean, there, it's like definitely a real rules, thing, right? Yeah, like, it's, right? It's there's a, a whole thing. code, you know. That's right. It's a real thing, uh, and every firehouse is different. Every yeah. shift is different, for that matter. Mm. Uh, but the general rule of thumb when you're new is, yeah, uh, <laughs> mouth, sh- mouth yeah. shut, ears open, hands busy. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> you uh, said earlier, uh, you never know what little nugget might help somebody. There's also a responsibility on the other side. Like mm. if you crack off a, co- a comment that's not good and not helpful mm. for somebody that you don't have any idea that they've got all this home life stuff going on mm. or that call that they went on. So there's, that's the part of the show that I don't think I predicted early that is the responsibility to make sure that what you say is thoughtful or yeah. You know, or for? there's a risk. Like if we publish something that's, um, 
negative, you know what I mean, or, or give somebody the opposite of what we're trying to provide, you know. <laughs> oh, that you could do more harm than good. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there's a there's a responsibility there. Um, I don't think we've ever actually talked about that as a responsibility. It's just, I think it's uh, understood. But when you said that, it made me think like, yeah, there's that nugget can be helpful. But then if you're if you're coming from a bad spot already, and then you say some. Negative you're stuff. Talking like, negative bro, already. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't let my Only boy fuels the fire. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are there any times when you've had guests on, or that you have people on that that have been sharing, where you're like, "Oh, I don't know that I really, not that I like this message, but I want to steer this message to somewhere different." That where you've had to get specific about them because you have a very specific purpose. We want to help sure. firefighters have this kitchen table in broader places than just you know wherever they are. And so, how do you navigate the, the store? Because I mean, if you don't pre-rehearse it then how do you get that right well there's uh and we're not just all about the mental health side of things you know our, in our bios and all our socials and all that kind of stuff there's many aspects to mm. what we want the show to be it's not just the the nuggets for mental health you know there's yeah. education and entertainment so you know we're not limited to only having conversations with firemen we have politicians on our show oh really you know, oh yeah mm-hmm. so we it's have, broader yep, social yep. it is connection mm-hmm. and that we approach it from that side as an educational component because oh, interesting. you we approach it from an educational component where we're just two firemen having a conversation with a county commissioner for example <laughs> but that that just shows normalcy i mean there's some ebb and flow here she she is in a place or he is in a place of authority over our fire chief oh yeah we're two nobody's <laughs> bosses boss. that's right we're yeah. two nobodies i mean and you know when you kind of it's easy to talk junk or it's easy to hate on people that you don't know anything about. But when you give that person uh, the ability to just talk in long format and it's not sound bites, you're like, well, they're a human too. Yeah, exactly. You know? And then hopefully in the future when you're, you know, if the fire chief listens to it, they can approach their commissioner or boss or whatever mayor with a little bit different mindset, you know, that's and so that's helpful. Yeah. Um, a but, kitchen table mindset. Yeah. yeah. Um, but to answer your question, uh, there's, there's definitely been some times when some stories have started to go, you know, go south. Uh, I'm thinking of a particular one. Um, and the guest, he, we, we were all feeling pretty good at that point, but he was feeling <laughs> extra good. And uh, he was just discussing his home life and whatnot, and it got, it got pretty muddy for a minute. And uh, so I mean, we let it go. Uh, and I think we actually ended up cutting that part out. Just, yeah. just we didn't even yeah. notify him that we were doing it, but we did yeah. it uh, just to, to save him. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes there's that response. No, but even right. if it's a negative message coming from somebody, it's still a message, and it's still the way it's still their perspective. That's and a good point. You yeah, don't have like to agree with it. By journalistic freedom is. Yeah, yeah. you don't have to. You, you don't have to agree with it, but it's still theirs. Yeah, so, uh, it's still their opinion or their perspective. So yeah, that's we, cool. We enjoy different difference of opinions. We don't like being. And uh, we don't like having always like-minded people down there in the studio because, you know, everybody in the echo chamber, it's kind of an unproductive conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, you're just, uh, I mean, you know, you're farmers with pitchforks at that time looking for witches. And yeah. We're all yeah. together going to start, you know. It's, so we, we encourage debate. We like debate. Yeah. Um, and we like showing that you can have debates and have differences of opinions and still have hugs and leave happy. <laughs> yeah. You know that's what I mean? Fair. I think it's really yeah. important. Uh, very important skills that people need to develop, mm-hmm. you know. Huh. I got so angry. And one show, and I hit it well. I, I, that's my like new superpower is to be furious, and then just everything's cool. <laughs> I don't do that well. My wife yeah. can see. She's like, I don't know what's wrong, but I know something's mm-hmm. wrong. I can yeah. see it in him a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But I, I remember it was an answer to a question, and it hit me, and I was like, that cannot be your answer. Let's try again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
That's awesome. Yeah, man. so you can, I mean, you can walk people back or reword questions or use whatever inter- interview skills you've learned or picked up on the way to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, maybe help them walk themselves out of that situation. Yeah, like, hey, yeah. Man, uh, that's, um, here's a path you can save yourself if you want. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> well, take me back to when you guys started. Some of the, like, oh, you guys sit in the firehouse one day and said, hey, let's start a podcast? Or how did this, <laughs> how did you go from a firefighter to having this idea and putting that into action? Uh, let's see. Well, um, I was at work one day and myself and another coworker, my captain at the time, we had done a podcast in the past, but it was so rudimentary. It was, it was, it was terrible. <laughs> it was all focused on, uh, firefighter fitness and whatnot. And we did it in the bunk room at our, at our station. <laughs> no, we didn't. there was no, no video. It was all audio. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. But just, you know, discussing exercises and whatnot. Uh, we were both really high geeks into that world at mm-hmm. that time, but it was good. I mean, the content was good, but the production was just terrible. We had like <laughs> plug-in USB mics, we plugged into a laptop, headsets, and it was, it was garbage. But um, so I dabbled in that world a little bit. I, I would assume that's why Steve called me to present the idea for this show, uh, is because I had somewhat of a knowledge or background. Maybe it was because you know, I'm pretty, and yeah, uh, that's I don't it. know. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I was working one day, and Steve called me and was just like, "Hey, let me bounce something off of you," and then. He introduced the idea, and I was like, okay. Um, but I, I told him, I was like, you know, I've got like 60 irons in the fire right now, and the way you're pitching me the idea here is that this is going to be an, an all-hands-on-deck type situation. Mm-hmm. I said, so I'm going to have to – one, I'm going to have to talk to my wife because yeah. it's going to require time because the studio is going to be in Wilmington. I don't live in Wilmington. I live an hour away. Yeah. I said, so it's going to be – it's going to have some – some tax on my family. So I need to obviously discuss it with her first, mm. uh, before I can agree to it. So went home, talked to her. I said, all right. I said, uh, I'm going to not do this, not do this, not do this and not do this anymore. And she, her eyes dropped cause she knows she liked it. I was, dude, I do a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, she was, <laughs> that's what makes firefighters such good business. Yeah. By the way, yeah, they all do a lot, lot of stuff. stuff. And she was like, uh, I mean, I had a business. I had a, owned a gun range, taught classes, no, heavy right. in the gun industry. Yeah, shot competitively. So oh, I was that's like, cool. I'm going to nix all that. And, really? Yep. I'm gonna they have just on one idea. Yep, I tell I'm you gonna, what, that's I'm awesome. Gonna, I'm going to nix all that. And with your blessing, I'm going to jump into this idea that Steve had. And I pictured the idea. She was like, you know, whatever makes you happy. I got you here. Don't worry about that. I mean, <laughs> that's she's awesome. always been a rock star. So, yeah, I told Steve we were all good. And that's the wheel started rolling. Yeah. I was riding down the road <clears throat> with the idea. It had been just banging rolling. around. Yeah. yeah. And it actually, I guess it probably was part of the, your previous podcast, but in the moment it didn't feel like that. I was thinking about, it, I was like, it can't just be me. Yeah. And so I just, you know, like the old Rolodex, mm-hmm. I was like, I mentally was flipping through and I went through all the names of just people in my world. Yeah. And we historically don't agree a hundred percent on a lot of things <laughs> yeah and i respect his skills on scene and i respect him and at the time i was like this guy he doesn't mind talking and <laughs> he's he's talented and we don't agree on everything so so that makes for good communication or discord I mean, it's just yeah. like yeah yeah so i will take a little credit for I did think it through. It wasn't just, oh, this guy's done a podcast before. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Yeah, it was like, I think I think this might be like pretty good. And so I called you, and he was like, come by the firehouse. We sat on the front bumper of Truck 17. 
and that's when that part uh, yep. kicked in. So he's like, if, if we're going to do this, I got to do this. That's cool. Yeah. So what did you actually do? Did you, did you guys say like, Hey, we're going to put, is your studio like a actual place or like what's, how did oh, yeah. you kick off the first go? Yeah. So step one was Amazon got a bunch of my money. I bet. Yeah. yeah. And then it got a bunch Large of his investment. money. I knew yeah. that yeah, was, well. <laughs> yeah. It was, um, you know, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it one time we're not going to buy cheap and then keep upgrading we're we're going top of the line mm. first first at the gate so and we had all this these tens of thousands of dollars worth of equipment and nothing to put them in they were just yeah. in boxes in our living room <laughs> yeah and uh yeah and then we were scouring we thought maybe warehouse style that we can build a corner in but then what do we do with the rest of the building so mm -hmm. we can build our own brick and mortar but you know, just the expenses just piling up, piling up, piling uh, up. Yeah. It's like, so, I mean, maybe if we find somebody that's got a warehouse that'll let us have a corner, you yeah. know, and then we can build a studio in the corner. So we threw all these freaking mm -hmm. ideas all over the place trying to figure out what'll work. And uh, he called me one day. Uh, once again, I was at work. We were <laughs> yeah. on two different shifts at that time. Got it, okay. Yeah. Um, so he called me and he was like, uh, I think I found this cool place downtown. And I was like, oh, cool, that'll be $10,000 a month. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> He was like, no, it's, it's just come look at it. He said, go talk to Stoffel, <laughs> which is my battalion chief. And uh, um, he was like, go talk to him and see if you can have somebody come in for you for about an hour and you can come down here and look at it. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay. So I went to talk to my battalion chief, called a buddy. He came in. I left. <laughs> went awesome. down, Yeah. Um, went down. We met down there. And it was like in this basement. So it's a subgrade place. We walk in. Uh, and it's all this historic underground Wilmington oh, no building way. original brick it's it's wild really wild so it looks and feels like a man it was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's really wild but it was chopped up into these three sections like these three offices and the guy who owns it is in the middle his little office and uh he was a paramedic at Lake Waccamaw oh no way so, so someone of uh, the fire service somehow, somehow. yeah, that's yeah. Right. we didn't know at the time but yep. yeah that ended up working out real nice so he walked us into this little place we opened the big glass door turned on the light and that is what is the foyer now which is where we hold all of our pelican cases and junk mm -hmm. <laughs> nice <That's good. laughs> but uh he flipped the lights on and i was like bro this is little yeah it, it, <laughs> oh really it's yeah, like an eight oh, by dude. ten just oh, very no small way. i was <laughs> like so bro funny. this is little yeah. and uh then he walked back into like this darker area and flipped on a switch and it's a big brick archway and all we could see is another brick wall on the other side of that, probably at least, what, 12 feet away or so. Mm -hmm. And we walk in, and it opens up to the left, and it opens up to the right, and it's this gigantic brick room. No way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dude, that's so sick. Yeah, and luckily, we didn't know anything about acoustics. So oh, we, yeah, otherwise, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, we knew enough to be like, eh, it's perfect. The shape, and it looked amazing, <laughs> but we didn't know to be scared of the acoustics. But we were able to. I think we pulled out our phones. And uh, we had like a Hertz meter or something oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. Just yeah. set it on the desk and left it sitting there while we talked to the owner and all this kind of stuff and just peek over at it from time to time and mm -hmm. could tell that, you know, the acoustics weren't awful, but it had a sheetrock ceiling, so we knew we could fix that. Yeah. And we knew we could do things. So, yeah, we agreed to it. Both fell in love with it. Um, had this weird casting couch in there we had to get rid of. And then I had like, <laughs> this, big, <laughs> this big desk. It was creepy. But, um, that desk was the size of a Civic. Like, yeah, it was huge. Cut up a piece of gear. <laughs> yeah, he wanted it, so we ended up – I don't even remember where he ended up taking it. But um, he, he took it somewhere. So then we started the build-out, uh, which was consisted of little foam squares all mm -hmm. over the ceiling from one end to the other, which yep. took about two days of work. Mm -hmm. That's funny. Um, you know, and just start – 
fumbling with ideas. So we would take uh, these foam cutouts and make different size tables <laughs> yeah. and oh, set wow. them in the floor and then take chairs and go around it like a setting like this. We tried a setting like this. Were y'all stage production people or like did oh you have God, a background no. in tech or how no, did you come no. up with like, I'm going to lay out a... No, uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I, I like different styles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of my favorite shows, the Sean Ryan show, this is the style that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I was like, well, let's try it and see what it did and Neither one of us were comfortable with it, uh, so that led us back to the kitchen table. And mm-hmm. I built our first table, and, and it was an epic disaster. No, uh, it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it was a very pretty table. Um, huge red oak, beautiful slabs. Mm-hmm. It was gorgeous, but, <laughs> but that didn't work good. Bro, that Heavy. basement, that yeah. basement has zero humidity in it. Mm-hmm. So oh, as soon as that wood got down there, it drawed. <laughs> All the moisture out of it, and it, we came down there one day, and it's these gigantic potato chips. Oh no! Yeah, it was it was real bad. Oh, no, <laughs> we awful. we ran it for a little while because yeah, we didn't have another the, option. That's but. right. Some of the earlier shows, uh, you can still see that table. Mm-hmm. So then rebuilt that, and we've tweaked some stuff here and there. But the process was fun. We probably for two months almost. When did I say the other day, uh, Miss Chelsea? Can you remind me? December what was the day we aired our first show? I remember. That's so right. December twenty oh, fourth. Yeah, 24th, mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> December twenty fourth was the day we aired our first show. We started renting the place in October. Oh wow! So you're paying rent on the place. How did uh, you guys fund this? I mean, I feel like that's that's not an easy thing. These yeah. two things right here. That's right. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. not working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hands. Uh, just. It's been like that mostly the majority for the whole time. Mm-hmm. We had uh, one good sponsor, and. Unfortunately, we had already spent a bunch of money, and she was like, what do you need? So we did have some needs, but that list was so small compared to the previous list. It was a mutual list. friend, Miss Becky. Oh, yeah. 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 I loved Miss yep. Becky. We, yeah. we got introduced to her. Yeah. yeah, we got introduced to her, a uh, good friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Ken made the introduction, and mm. we, kind of, we met up in Raleigh and had dinner one night and basically just she kind of interviewed us, but we pitched her. I mean, we didn't pitch her with the intent of her – doing anything yeah um, just like hey here's what we're just doing. talking we yeah. thought we'd get a little help from her if she trusted us right like, yeah that was our main thing we wanted we didn't want advertisers like we talked about so yeah we were looking for somebody that would do what she did and just trust that our motives were in the right spot uh, and help us a little she was one of the nicest people i think i ever met in my whole life i mean just yeah. she would go like i remember early on she she called us she's like hey listen guys i've got this customer where it was Speck and a fire truck. I want you guys to come out and, and do your thing. Low pressure, whatever. I'll put in a good word for you, but I'll, I'll give you a platform. And she's like, I can't do your thing for you, but if you want a platform, right. I get it. It's hard to get. The, I got an interview for you. All right. Yeah. So we'd show up and we'd do a thing and she'd be like, listen, guys, I don't know if their lights are worth the darn, but I know these people are good people. And we've worked with them. Da, da, da. And like in the fire service, I think there's so much of like, if I can trust you and you can trust him, I can trust him. That's right. And Miss Becky was so good to us early on. She was like. The, that trust catalyst to a lot of our customers that we didn't know. And she was mm-hmm. like, I know these are good people and people would trust her and then they'd trust us. That's right. And that, I mean, even to this day, and it, it was such a shame when I got the news that she was sick and that she had passed yep. away. It was really tough because she was such a nice person. I mean, what did she get out of that? Right. There was nothing. And like nothing. She was just doing us a favor as we were a teeny business starting, mm-hmm. helping us meet some folks and providing that. I need someone to vouch for me. And she's like, I don't know a lot about what exactly they do, but here's the things we do know. And I can trust these guys as far as I can see anyway. Mm-hmm. And then that was the type of catalyst that re- that we needed. And I feel like the, in so many businesses, there is that, especially in the fire service where firefighters are who you guys work with and they're who we mm-hmm. work with. You yeah. need someone to be that intermediary trust Absolutely. catalyst. And it's yeah. like, trust is the common denominator. Like if, if it doesn't exist, 
what are you talking about? Like, well, that can't I, happen. I, I the currency in which all relationships exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you trust. Base everything yeah. off trust. Whether you can or can't trust somebody, that's yeah. the whole meat and potatoes of a relationship yeah. is On off scene. of that. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. you know, especially on a fire call and stuff, mm-hmm. it's like, everything. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. I want to know what was hard. When you guys kicked this thing off, what was the thing that made it like, you're at, what, 200 episodes now or 120 episodes? A lot of a lot more episodes than we're at. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we counted funny. The ones, like at Safer, mm. uh, we did a bunch of conversations, but we didn't we didn't post them like in number. Sure. Yeah. Yep. So we're at number, right at 70, somewhere in there. Yeah. So proper episodes plus a bunch of other That's content. Right. Yeah. yeah. So when you get that far down the list, I mean, obviously you learn things that work and learn things that don't work. I mean, what's that been like? <laughs> yeah. Uh, hard. Man, I'm sure our hard i guess for me what was what is hard is obviously planning uh time there's only a certain amount of it so trying to figure out divvy it up uh you know the fire departments won't stare they're you know won't stare 100 pounds wife and the kids want their 100 pounds i want to give 100 pounds to the show you know it's just yeah. it's you know so many pieces of pie they have to try to balance and make work so that's probably the the toughest thing for me mm. but as far as specifically the podcast um it's hard figuring out how to get sound right, and then because oh we God. didn't know anything about any of this and yeah. video and camera angles, and then editing, and we're still learning about. I don't like to use the word marketing because I don't feel like it's marketing. <laughs> I want to dive into this more. I want to understand yeah, your thoughts on marketing. Um, but we're trying to figure that stuff out slowly. We don't put a lot of effort into it very much, really, because on the level of importance scale, that's so far down to us. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, that's hard. That's something else I have to put more time into. So I think time and then logistics for like aligning guests and then aligning schedules. We're lucky now we're on the same shift, so it's not so oh, bad. Nice. Yeah. yeah. There for a while, like, yeah. he was on B shift, I was on A shift. So that's two days. Did you have to put in for that so you could make it work? No, we would only leave us C shift days. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, that was, and then when Jeremy was still with us, you know, that was another person. So that's three schedules with three people with three families. And then you take into account your guest. So it, it, that was, it's, that, and it still is hard. That is, mm-hmm. you know, still a bit of a struggle. Um, yeah. Just trying to align schedules and doing this and then uh, that sort of thing. But uh, nothing's been too, too bad stressful. It's hard for me when something is supposed to be happening correctly and it doesn't. <laughs> That's hard. I don't deal with that real well. <laughs> the yeah. first hard part. Uh, remember all the test episodes? Yes. Like We just had friends come in. We just fire up the mics and turn on the cameras. The cameras ended up shifting around, and we tried a few different angles and stuff. But the first episode, when you interviewed me, and then I was starting at zero on edit and trying to figure out these programs we did uh final cut pro oh yeah so we had it in yeah it was 30 plus hours that it took me to put that show together oh yeah it was just totally underestimating the amount of time required to yeah, oh, yeah. you got an hour of content how long is it gonna take you to cut that hard down yeah you know? and or like it, it was six if you yeah. got you a six hour show it wasn't yeah. editing like changing the conversation it was uh trimming I, the fat getting the color getting the audio getting it all laid yeah, out putting yeah. in pictures and putting in because i I felt this really strong need to have a photograph or a video to go with the story that I was Yeah, it's a B-roll, telling. of course. Yeah. That makes sense. So yep. that part. But, yeah, the um, uh, that time. And then I was so scared, like, when I was getting close to what I thought. <laughs> I was so scared everybody was going to be like, what is this? Why yeah. would I give two seconds to watch it? You know what I mean? Like that, like. Is that what happened or did people give you good feedback? No, it was good feedback. I don't much. think I've ever. 
I've never received too much. I've never received any negative uh, feedback as far as what the content is. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe some bad habits that I practice on camera, maybe, you know, whether it be drinking or vaping or whatever it may be, you know, that can be, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that can be distracting or something like that. Yeah. But, but I mean, that is part of the, uh, that is part of the human being that I'm, that I am. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be that way. People are I'm the same per- person on Sunday morning as I, as, as I am on Monday morning. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the mm-hmm. same person at church house as I am at the firehouse. <laughs> That's what you see is what you get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm respectful. Um, you know, I know the crowd that I'm in. If I'm in the presence of a politician, I'm interviewing them. I'm obviously not. Probably not smoking and drinking. <laughs> That's at the same right. Time. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're just then, lying the whole time. That's what you're supposed no, to no, do. No, 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 sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I'm respectful. Um, and that sort of thing, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just me. Yeah, <laughs> so. I thought it was going to be hard having the conversations. Like I thought, I thought emotion was going to get in the way, and I mm. thought that there would be dead air moments. You know what I mean? Like those were fears early. Like, yeah, like oh, okay, break. <laughs> you know? But none of that. Like I'm sure we had a few uh, moments of wow, that was. Those were probably our dead air moments was at the end of a story that's like, oh, my God, that person just, you know what I mean? Like they the weight of, us, yeah, like, like, mercy. It almost feels disrespectful to, to ask a follow yeah, up. Yeah, like, just carry like, right along. Yeah. yeah. And there is, um, and there's an art to that. And I found a lot of value in that. Uh, his father got sick with COVID real bad. So I was trying to take as much off his plate as possible so he could mm-hmm. provide the best care that he could. He was off yeah. work. This oh, is wow. months. Yeah, this is months. So we were still trying to do shows, you know, when it was convenient. That was probably our biggest lull period, just mm-hmm. just because I, I knew what he was trying to do and provide care for his dad. And I, you know, we were still getting together to do shows. I think they helped you a lot during that period to have a little bit of normalcy yeah. and get away from it for a minute. Yeah, he made yeah. it. Everything's yeah. fine. Yeah, that's oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad. But to hear in that. that moment, yeah, it was yeah. like, oh, it was proper Harry, huh? It yeah. didn't look yeah. good. Yeah. So, mm. So I took the editing from him. I just oh, sent him a message good. one day and was like, hey, you know, I understand that it takes a lot of time out of your, you know, it takes a lot of time away and probably some brain power that you'd rather not give up right now. Mm-hmm. So I took the editing. Um, That's good. And I've done it since. I enjoyed it. I've got a pretty good, pretty good, pretty good flow with it now. So, yeah. you know, an hour of content to speak where it used to take two and three hours per hour <laughs> of editing on the backside. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, it's kind of streamlined. Now it's, it's more or less maybe forty five minutes I spend on the front of the back of the show, but as far as the content in the middle, I'm just switching camera angles. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's so, cool. It's a lot better. Um yeah, so it's getting better all the time. It seems that's like. awesome. Man. Mm-hmm. How do you guys, you know, we were talking a little bit about marketing, right? And so like in a business, marketing <laughs> is what generates I, I think people think sales generates revenue. I think marketing generates revenue. Marketing generates the opportunity for salespeople to then close business. Sure. But in your business, I mean, like, how do you measure success? In, in our business, it's by, it's by volume. It's number of dollars in the door. But in your business, is it viewership? Or what is what is success for you? I have an answer. but I you, have an answer, too. <laughs> you want to go first? Um, it happened, probably the same. Yeah, it happened more early just because it was new. But still, it happens on a pretty regular basis. You'll get a conversation, phone call, text message, something. And it'll reference a conversation that was helpful. So those feel really good. It's like, <laughs> all right. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. a satisfaction of uh, warm and fuzzy that gets tied to that. It's like, all right, we're 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 doing the right thing. Sometimes yeah. a little time goes by and you don't get that positive reward, that measure of success. And it's like, you know, are, are we still doing it or what? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then somebody will and stop by the firehouse or, or call and it's like, okay, we're, we're still on it. 
Yeah, or you'll go to a, you know you'll go to a trade show like we went to Safer this past year. We tried to run into you. You weren't there. I know. Yet. I missed, yeah. We weren't supposed to be there either. <laughs> <Right>. yet. Yeah. <laughs> But we would just, you know, we'd walk around and just, uh, you know, run into people who recognize us as weird. Um, but it's, I mean, it's it's rewardful. Like, I really enjoyed the episode when you had, you know, whoever, Tony Cowden on, and, you know, his his view on politics really makes, you know, makes a lot of sense, you know. And he said some things that I thought about later that changed my perspective on something. So just That's that. That's cool. And mm-hmm. to mirror his, uh, you know, the first time somebody comes up to you and tells you that some a story from somebody on that show change the outcome of their life yeah that's a big so their life i mean think about yeah. how much how much impact you have when yeah. someone says that it's like how do you put shit. how do you put a time a financial how do you put a cap on anything when somebody comes up to you and says this story or your story uh for that matter you know it changed the trajectory of my entire life mm. that's a measure of success that's a big deal that's and one of those i mean we could stop tomorrow and you can check a success box. Dude, and say, that's, yeah. yeah, that's it. I mean, that's it. That's so it. Do, so I, I get the feeling, and maybe mm-hmm. I, this is my mm-hmm. inter, inter, inclination, whatever, that I hear you don't love the marketing world. Like that that in general as a philosophy is conflicting personally whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. But when I hear about like your drive for impact, mm-hmm. I feel like the catalyst for that drive is marketing. You have to – Bring awareness around whatever you're doing. You have to market what you're doing to the people who need to hear it. What do you think about the whole world in the market? What is it that you love? And what is it that you hate? This is so interesting to me. I can speak for myself. Um, I'm a little bit terrified. Um, I'm terrified that if we put a whole bunch of time, effort, and energy into marketing, that we'll, we will blow up. And if we blow up, I'm scared of what that looks like for me. Blow up um, like good or blow up like explode? Uh, like never come back. No, no, no. Not blow up like we never come back. Yeah. Um, but just get really, really big. Oh, like, yeah. Really, really fast mm. or something like that. And me not have the opportunity to, to mentally prepare myself for that. And it's shooting my ego through the roof. And then I lose sight of what it is that we're supposed to be doing. And it becomes the best content for to satisfy that dopamine hit, which is the likes, the subscribes, the comments, rather than Then to satisfy the firefighter. Yeah, absolutely. I have an addictive personality for sure. (laughs) And if it's getting satisfied through social media. I think a lot of firefighters do. The adrenaline hit when the pager goes off. I mean, let me be honest. I enjoy that. I mean, that's just me being honest. I'm terrified of it. Uh, And I've told him time and time again, hey, if you see me slipping, if you catch me drifting and slipping away from what this is supposed to be, so you better punch me right in my teeth. Yeah. So, hey, you know, that ain't what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. 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 He's much more level-headed. We're often yin and yang. Yeah. Often. Often. You I'm probably the go, go, need go, go, that in anything. I mean, Kama is my wife, but also sure. our COO. And she is, uh, I mean, we think similarly about maybe ethics and integrity and nothing else. Sure. And so, yeah. like, we just, and not like we disagree, but we just think about things differently. And so you almost have to have that balancing. Sure personality but so that's it for me but i don't i don't I'm not gonna remember the comparison you made of uh of the most trusted person is that fireman and then yeah. the least trusted is a salesman yeah i think there's a fear that if we put in effort into the marketing that that perception that we're turning into salesmen or that we're, we're muddying up the waters with sales is that's our biggest hurdle like we we need to get on board if we're going to help more people yeah. You got to grow, right? Yeah. Like, so we see it and we know it, but we're so nervous about that, uh, the sleazy sales appearance, or how, how would you describe it? Like, it's, it's just like, that. Could someone mistake you for having the wrong 
That's right. Thing. Yeah, you know, right. I feel like marketing is an opportunity to share your authentic self. I mean, to to share that like, hey, I'm going to stand here on the stage and I'm going to tell you, and then you tell, and then you show, and then you tell again, and then you show, and then you tell about what you did, mm-hmm. and then you let someone else tell about what you did, and all of a sudden, you know, like consistency is king, and it's it's a really interesting way you put that. Like when I think. The guy that started the uh, Ritz-Carlton Hotel was Horst Schultz. He's a German guy. Grew up in the hotelier space in France and in Germany and Europe. One of the most amazing stories. I would encourage you to read a book called Excellence Wins. He wrote it, and it was, I mean, phenomenal. But one of the things that I took away from that book was that he developed a business of, like, hospitality. I can't remember how he phrased it, but, like, hospitality professionals serving, mm-hmm. you know, like, pr- other professionals in mm-hmm. the space. And he said that for him and the way they created that business – the goal is to create the ultimate value proposition, create the best experience, the best, every, like excellent, excellence across the board. Once you have created absolute excellence, then build someone what they're willing to pay for it. And you're not saying, I'm going to charge you a fortune, and then I'll, you know, create right. something that's pretty good. It's create the ultimate experience first, and then whatever someone's willing to pay, they're willing to pay it. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, you know, it, and, and like if you've ever, the Ritz-Carlton Hotel is, an, is one of the most amazing operational excellence, you know, use cases that I've ever been at, but I never feel badly. And I don't stay at these places very often, but like, you know, once a year, my wife and I go on a big, you know, like weekend away or something. Nice. But when we go, it's like, you get to experience the results of that mission being first. So like when they greet you at the door, there's a certain, there's a certain amount of space between the greeter and you that they won't, if you're having a conversation outside that space, I'll let you have that conversation. Once you enter that space, they're intentional about the way they interact with you. The way they check in, the way they say, my pleasure, the way, how can I serve you? Like these sorts of things are so intentionally ingrained that it makes it worth, like I feel so good about, you know, whatever it's $500 for an hour. It's like ridiculous, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But I feel so good about trading my $500 for that service. Please let me give you my money. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> wait a minute. And just like, and you can apply that in any scale size, sure, right? Like yeah. even I prefer going to Chick-fil-A over, but uh, not bow dangles, but like uh, over Popeye's, right? And, and there's still chicken and chicken sandwich is chicken sandwich. That's but not true. when I walk into Chick-fil-A and I feel so good about the experience and I walk into Popeye's and I feel like I just want to jump out the window because these people drive me crazy. It's like, I feel like if you apply that philosophy to what you guys do, and you market that authenticity, and you don't market the words authenticity. You actually are authentic in your marketing. It's like create the ultimate experience and then charge what someone's willing to pay. Create that ultimate story and be authentic and then put fuel on that fire versus the opposite. I feel like there's a way that you can do that authentically. Our business is a good example. Candidly, our whole story is we're accountable to the firefighter on the end of the hose line. So our mission is you know, helping first responders do their jobs more safely and effectively after dark so they can save lives. And when we evaluate every purchasing decision, every marketing decision, every guest on our podcast, every time that like, I'm going to spend my time or our employees time, it's, does that help us help others save lives? And if it does, we do it. And if it doesn't, we don't do it. And we had a discussion the other day about making some stuff for a trade show. And it was like, I don't know that that helps us help others save lives. Sure. And we kill the idea. And so it's, it's funny because like if you build a business that has that authenticity at its core. And a business could be a podcast. A business could be a, I'm more like a lighting manufacturer, right? It's a hard mm-hmm. part of manufacturer. But authenticity is still, it's something that you can touch. And so if you can be so true to that and you can turn down the sponsor that doesn't have that same core value, they're like, hey, yeah. I want you to talk about, you know, sell this little widget. It's a subscription plan for firefighters. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. And, and all of a sudden, then they're hooked to their phone. And it's like, maybe that's not a good thing. So right. maybe you don't take that sponsor, but maybe there is someone that gets behind, 
I don't know what, National Crisis Hotline. Maybe you can work with these. I don't know who, but there are people in businesses that share common themes. And I feel like when you align the common theme businesses with each other, then it's okay to trade the results, which is the profit of that good work, with each other and grow your businesses because you're doing more good that way. Sure. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's helpful or not, but I feel like in our business, that's been so important that I don't want to be perceived as just like making a sale for a you know thing. I mean, our shareholders are not some giant corporate interest. They're not some PE. It's our shareholders are firefighters that rely on us to keep their fire scenes lit after dark so they can save lives. Sure. And if they can rely on us, then great. We can trade dollars and we can grow the business. And then I don't feel bad about the fact that there's profit in our business because we're actually helping at the front of our business, you know, mission is helping those responders. We do a good job at it. So I feel like you guys do a good job at what you do. Long (laughs) ramble. Don't feel badly about making an impact and put fuel on that fire. I feel like that's such a great and noble thing to do. Yeah, we're gonna have to have some help. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I like your uh, your the, scrolling. I'm out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> your uh, analogy about the widget uh, that's got like ooh yuck written all over it, right? Yeah. So that's been keep the widgets out. Yeah, Fine. I think we put in place like if there's a 10 percent chance that the perception is ooh yuck, just leave that whole room out of play, and mm-hmm. that's what we've done so far. I, I think you raise a good point that uh, it we are growing, and uh, we ended up having a conversation last night about uh, exploring more social media presence. And oh doing yeah, more. that's a huge thing. Yeah, so, Chelsea's the queen of our social media. She does a really good job helping us make sure that message is the right message. Sure. In addition to just like creating views, like are they the right views? Are they the right ears and eyes? Is it the right story? We've yeah. got a couple of folks that. Um, we don't directly, they're not a Chelsea for us, but they are consumers of our content who are very mm. honest. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you need those truth tellers. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like, so if we make a post or something like that, and you know, we'll get, I'll get a text message or Steve will get a text message and be like, eh, I don't really think that's appropriate. <laughs> so <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. No questions, yeah. no nothing. It's just yeah. gone. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely helpful. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Well, where do you guys want to see it go? What's kind of the. What's the bigger picture plan? If, if you don't want to lose that track, you don't want it to explode, what is? what do you want it to do? I want it to be super easy for if there's a difficult conversation happening or even a not difficult conversation happening, I want it to be super easy for somebody to say, you should check out show whatever number to compare to that event that's happening. If it's funny or if it's a need, but I want it to be, a reference point to where somebody's like, oh, you got to check out Primary Complete, like show 300. That show a- addresses this, and it's a good contact. Like, that's that's what I want, is that uh, useful reference. And and I want it to be somewhere that people go for entertainment, even if you're not dealing with tough shit all the time. You know yeah, what I mean? Sometimes like, it's just fun and fun. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I, I kind of feel like I've, I've overstated how much is tough. It's not tough all the time. Like, like <laughs> right. life is good. The majority yeah. of it is great. Yeah. 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 So, uh, <laughs> and, you know, we talked about early, like if we just beat the drum of mental health, then we'll get uh, pigeonholed, I think was your term. Yeah. And then that's just what it is. And it's not very entertaining. Yeah. Uh, it's like you're always talking about down stuff all the time. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, that sucks. Right. Yeah. So, uh, the firehouse is one of the funniest places in the entire world. I mean, 100%. that is 100%. one yeah. of the most <laughs> rich environments for storytelling. And yes, for BS absolutely. like if you loved the college frat house, holy shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll love a, you'll love <laughs> a firehouse. firehouse. Yeah. Exactly. So if it's, if it's this platform that people, uh, listen to for fun and then listen to for need and then can help somebody else with it, that's, 
that's what I'm wanting to see moving forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Uh, a place where somebody can make a reference, like we'll interview a chief or something like that, and we'll be talking uh, retention and recruitment or something like that. And, you know, a few months or whatever goes by, and another conversation springs up. It's just like Steve said, and you're like, oh, well, go check out uh, this show right here. They go and they throw all kinds of ideas out and about. Around yeah. There. So um, that sort of thing. Um, and I don't want to be strictly always all fire all the time either. Uh, I think a lot of you the, said you had the politician. Out. Yes, I, like we, I feel like almost every podcast in our in our genre, if you will, if you can even have a genre in this, but um, yeah, it's it's all fire all the time. And I don't want to be that because we're more than that. Yeah. Um, so general conversation with bar owners, yeah. uh, you know, people like that. I it's mean, human interest that's versus right. just fire service. That's right. Know. So there's we're not so we're not so singular. We're multifaceted people. All of us are. All the firemen, and it's important to uh, be able to express that we do more than just fight fire. We're dads. We're fathers. We're sports athletes. We're people. All the stuff. Yeah, all mm-hmm. the stuff. So. And there's an interesting connection between, you know, your fire service careers and your personal lives too. I feel like there's, that's, right. that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody always says, find your niche. You know, you got to find your niche and go. And I'm like, well, I mean, is there a niche in life? Yeah. Then, <laughs> when you're trying to capture the, the, you know, the whole picture of human beings, is there a niche per se? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's tough. It's a tough, uh, it's a tough street that we want to be on. We don't want to be on one side of the line. We want to dance both. Yeah. That's a, that reference thing I talked about, have you ever had like a full tilt anxiety attack? I have not. I have seen a thousand of them, but I have not. I'm fortunate, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So like in a moment of a real anxiety attack, logic doesn't work. Yeah. And uh, your your whole existence is like gravity gets turned sideways. Logic won't apply. Yeah. And you're, you're really desperate to just get a hold of something that – won't move. Yeah, something firm, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And some of these conversations that we've had with folks, I'm thinking of the paramedic that came on not too long ago, but just come up uh, in that time, like I've had anxiety throughout here and there. If if I knew that this show, that guy talked about a moment and it's if you can recognize like he's describing the same things. Yeah. And and now he's sitting here having a healthy conversation. Anxiety is telling you you're going to die. Like yeah. at, at the end of this. That's the purpose of the anxiety attack is right. trying to give you the thing. Yeah, so. yeah. So if if I can see this person was experiencing the same thing and they put the pieces together and they made it through, then yeah. I can do it too. And that's interesting. That, that's part of that reference for the for the harder stuff and then the, the fun stuff, self-explanatory. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but that, being able to help somebody in that moment was probably the foundation, the earliest part, and that – to extend forward. That's what I want is that, that reference back to be able to have these shows for the, you know, hit, hit, check out this guy. Yeah, have an index of like topics that are yeah, basically we're building. We're, we're keeping the show going on the same trajectory it is, but in the shadows, we're building this catalog mm-hmm. that people can go back and re-reference. And I mean, I see us being a part of the fire department training somewhere yeah. like mm-hmm. firehouses training. Like if they're having a, you know, a monthly training objective on, whatever it may be. And if we've had a guest on a subject matter expert in that particular area, then share the episode they'll, across. They'll, yeah, they'll pull it off of our platforms mm-hmm. and put it into their monthly training objectives. They send out to their department. I see that being a real thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a language disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah we did one on this show. It was like, <laughs> yeah, we may have a few F bombs. We're really sorry, <laughs> but yeah. 
Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Well, guys, how can folks find your show? Where do they go to listen to it? Is you guys got a website? What's the best way to get hold of you? Hit them. That's you. <laughs> uh, well, they can find us on any of the any podcast platform. Mm-hmm. So Apple seems to be working best right now. YouTube super solid all the time. Uh, Spotify. You know, if you want just audio. Just search Primary Complete. Yep, Primary no Complete. Yep, Primary Complete Podcast. You can, I don't even know if we're Google, Googleable, but, uh, and then the same thing on social media, it's just Primary Complete Podcast. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yep. Well, Steve yep. and Matt, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been really awesome learning yeah, about absolutely. your podcast, your careers, your personal lives, and we're so glad to have you here on the 2440. Absolutely, awesome, man. man. Yeah. Thank yeah, you for thanks. the opportunity. For sure. Absolutely. Hey guys, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and learned something. If you want to be on the show or you know someone who should, head over to the2448.com and submit your business. Don't forget to follow and subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If you thought it was four stars, still give us five stars or I will find you. See you next time. Later.